0: Canadians are waiting longer to have kids. If they do, they're having fewer. And people say money is one of the big reasons they're going child-free for longer or forever.
1: The average number of children per family hit a record low during the pandemic. It ticked up in 2021, but it's still the lowest in 30 years. And the average age when people give birth hit the highest ever, with one quarter of women 35 or older at the time of birth.
0: Welcome to Stress Test, personal finance podcast for millennials and Gen Z. I'm Roma Lutsiu, personal finance editor at the Globe and Mail.
1: And I'm Rob Carrick, personal finance columnist at the Globe. Today we're talking about one of the most personal personal finance topics the cost of deciding whether to have children, when, and how many. Roma, what does this calculation look like?
0: Well, I want to start by saying that obviously this decision is about more than money. It's about your relationship status, your body, your lifestyle. It's also definitely about your career and your earnings potential, your housing situation, your debt levels. So it's definitely partly about money. And kids will drain your finances from the day they're born. Well, I don't know. Mine are still draining mine. It's relentless, really. And the single biggest wealth differentiator I see when I look at friends in their 40s who have and have not had kids The reality is that if you don't feel like you're in a secure, stable situation, you are more likely to have a difficult time thinking about bringing a kid into the equation.
1: You know what? It's sad to say, but affordability just looms larger than it ever has in the decision about uh, how big a family to have.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, when we wanted to do this episode, Rob, we wanted to dig into this idea of whether young adults were legitimately getting priced out of parenthood. So let's find out.
1: After the break, we'll meet a woman who is pushing back her plans to have kids until she can afford a home.
2: Stress Test is brought to you by CPP Investments, manager of the Canada Pension Plan Fund. The fund is sustainable with over $500 billion in assets, thanks to CPP Investments. Learn more at cppinvestments.com.
3: My name is Lamise, and I am 27 years old, and I currently live in Mississauga.
1: Lamise has always wanted to have children. She even made a scrapbook with her plans.
3: I started the scrapbook maybe when I was about 12 or 13, and obviously there were revisions to it every year. But, you know, the main thing was that I had imagined but that by 25, I would have found the person I love and want to spend my life with. I would have started talking or thinking about kids that we would have owned a house somewhere nice and that I'd be working my dream job, which at that time was working with probably Beyonce or Kim Kardashian. So we can say that maybe I've achieved some things where I'm really happy to say that I work in comms today. I have found the person that I want to be with for the rest of my life. I actually got married last September You know, on that front, I feel very blessed and happy and almost like if we think about manifestation, I made it happen. But at the same time, I guess I am a little bit disappointed that I didn't get the house. And as a result, now I'm thinking about delaying the kids.
1: Her family immigrated to Canada in 2010. Her parents emphasized the importance of home ownership, but Lamees and her husband can't afford to buy
3: it was kind of important for me, because I always imagined that my house would be something I purchased with my partner, just because it would be our first huge purchase. I mean, we had imagined that, you know, we'd be secure in our relationship, literally, in the sense that we were married, and then secure in the fact that literally, and physically, we had a house to call our own, it would almost seem that the next natural step was to then expand our family, which is part of our plans. But the whole thing was to have security. Security of where they're going to live, security of where they're going to grow up. Is it close to, you know, a good school, um, groceries, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, as life progresses, you don't end up in that dream job. You don't end up in the dream house. You don't end up maybe in the dream country, whatever it may be. You just take it as it comes. But I think at the same time, we try our best to plan for those situations and in this situation when we said that we wanted a house first we had an open dialogue about what that would look like. Would that look like us rushing to have kids as soon as we have a house? Does that mean that we are now delaying our plans here?
1: Plus Lamise and her husband have other goals besides buying a house. They spend their money on travel, comedy shows and supporting their parents. She recognizes their spending habits will change once they have kids. She's also concerned how children will affect her future earning potential.
3: Matt, leave is something that stresses me out. I think when you're in your early 20s, you don't imagine that you get to your later 20s or early 30s, whatever it is. You kind of imagine that you're invincible and tomorrow's problems are tomorrow's. But eventually you close your eyes and wake up and tomorrow becomes today. I'm stressing about the trajectory of my career right now, where I am it's built for upwards growth. If I step away right now, will I be able to step back into that same position when I come back? And moreover, especially being a woman, I have heard this from so many women across the board, but when they come back from work, they're almost stripped of their responsibilities and given you know, menial administrative tasks, things that maybe their assistant or coordinator was doing before they came in. And that's a fear I have, that everything that I'm working on and worked for, are they going to take that away from me because I've chosen to have a kid. I can confidently say that the company that I work for right now is very supportive of parents from what I've seen, but I know not everyone has that security.
1: In her scrapbook, she envisioned herself having kids right about now. So when will she feel financially ready for children?
3: I don't have a confident answer. I want to be able to give them the, you know, these hypothetical children the best that I can, you know, to to take care of any security giving them the life that almost I grew up with. So it makes me think if I'm not able to do that, is it really fair for me to have these kids? So it's, it's hard to answer that because I do feel really proud and secure in where I am with my career. And the same for my husband. I feel content with the savings we have, but they were fine for a market maybe two years ago. I've had agents literally talk to me about this and answer, oh, that's a cute number. It makes me think like, we're good, but we're not good enough. I feel comfortable right now being able to, you know, like I said, plan those trips or those excursions or go out for a nice dinner or, you know, maybe go to a grocery store and not use the flyers to price match. It it just comes down to that. I, I feel good, but I don't feel good enough.
1: Still, she's hopeful they'll be able to buy a home and have a kid by the time she's 30, even if they don't ever feel ready
3: this is literally something I've actually said to my husband that will we ever really be ready? If that kid explodes his diaper, you're never really ready. You just kind of take it as it comes. Um, So that's where we're at, where, you know, we understand that regardless of whether we do this now or later, there will be some sort of issue that comes up that we will have to face together. So I I do feel comfortable with that just because I feel that's applicable with a lot of things, but at the same time, um, culturally, the expectation usually is once you get married, you then move into the next phase of your life automatically, which is to have kids. I've had elders in both sides of our families come up to us and say, you know, you've crossed a year. It's, it's maybe time you think about expanding. And when I say that we have other things that we want to get in order before we do that, they always say that, you know, the child will bring destiny with them, like something mystical, you know, where you're just like, that's really nice. But you're not going to be helping with this kid's RSP or RESP or whatever, you know? So it's a nice idea to think that everything will work out. But at the same time, I don't want... If I can avoid those issues beforehand, I would rather do that.
1: Next, we hear from Maria, who doesn't want to have kids at all because of money.
3: Nice to meet you.
4: My name is Maria. I'm 28 years old and I live in Vancouver. I decided that I didn't want to have kids After, um, I used to work as a nanny and I loved my job and I actually work with at least five different families and I stay with them uh, during a long period of time. So I really got involved with the families and I became part of their family. So it was very lovely and I adored it, but there were many things that I saw what was going on in the families that I realized I didn't want to be in that position. So after realizing um, all these things in, in, in the job, I decided it, it was kind of the beginning of the reason of, of why I didn't want to have kids.
1: Maria has also seen her sister, who's an intensive care doctor in Spain, struggle to pay the bills as a single mom.
4: You really have to, this is going to sound really selfish, but you, you have to put other people first than you. Having kids is lovely, it's beautiful, but I don't think we live in the same times like we used to. And how expensive it is, I don't think it's something that I want to put myself through. Because I work hard for it, you know, I I immigrated to Canada nine years ago, and I'm finally in a place where I'm really happy where I'm at. And I'm also at the time where people think, oh, it, now is the time for you to have babies. Now is the time, you know, because later it's going to be too late. Your body is not going to be the same. And all of these things literally go through one ear and leave the other one. It doesn't affect me for a second because the comfort that i have now i don't want to give it up because i work hard for it and i don't want to end up like my sister and i'm so sorry but i don't want to end up like my mom that had like so many kids that they don't know what to do with all of them i am choosing myself and i am choosing to live the life that i want
1: maria married young and tried to start a family in her early 20s but they divorced after three years she's grateful they never had a child She's happy with the flexibility she has living child free, even if the West Coast is pricey.
4: It's not news that uh, Vancouver is very expensive. But at the same time, I find it that here is where I've got more opportunities than anywhere else. And I love the flexibility more, more than anything is I believe you shouldn't be stuck in a place that makes you unhappy in a situation that makes you unhappy. So. Vancouver is the place where if you don't like your job, you switch to something different. If you don't like your address, you don't like where you live or something, you find ways where you can move. I'm, different circumstances, right? But in my experience, it's been like that. I've, I've changed of home. It's no problem. But having a kid will change that completely because not only is extremely shocking, like rent, the how much you have to pay for that, it's also diapers. I worked as a nanny. I know how expensive it is. My salary was just a little bit under the last person that I worked for. Like it was a mom and a dad. And the mom told me that, that she was making pretty much the same that I was. And, and I, I wonder why on earth don't you stay at home with your kids? But she had room to advance in her company. So she had to. There's absolutely no way I, I could do that. I, I can do myself and I can give myself a great life. I can pay for transportation. I can pay for food. I can pay my mortgage. I can pay for utilities. I, I don't have that extra. I, I have that extra for traveling and saving for the future, but I don't have extra for diapers and for, you know, like a formula and child care. I, I no, it's not possible. It's not possible for me
2: for
1: maria money isn't the only reason she doesn't want to have kids but it's a big one
4: if my financial situation would change then i would choose to adopt instead because i think there's so many kids out there that need a family but at the same time depending on the partner that i have then i will be open to it only if there's a guarantee that i could have like a living nanny and all of that, but I also fear putting my body to the stress of it. Like I've seen it. It's not fun. <laughs> I go to the gym. I eat healthy. I take care of my body and I'm going to go again to the selfish topic, but I don't want to mess with this. I am okay with this. I love how this is working out for me. And I have a cat. I love my cat and all of my family is having a bunch of babies. So I'm not going to be lacking of babies. I have all the babies in the world to take care of and be the cool aunt. At this point in my life, that's that's what I want to be.
1: After the break, we'll hear from a personal finance expert on how much kids cost and why people are delaying the expense or avoiding it altogether.
2: CPP Investments is proud to manage the assets of the Canada Pension Plan Fund. The Canada Pension Plan provides retirees a solid income foundation. In support of that important priority, we've built a well-balanced and globally diversified portfolio. It's designed to be resilient in the face of wide-ranging market and economic conditions. Through good times and bad, our professional investment teams have helped make CPP a plan that contributors and beneficiaries can count on for generations to come. Learn more at cppinvestments.com.
0: Melissa Leong is a personal finance expert and a mom based in Toronto. Here's our conversation. According to the latest data, Canada has a record low birth rate. We also know women are delaying having kids. I mean, obviously, people make decisions like this for many reasons.
5: But is money one of them? And how big of a factor is money in this decision? Roma, you hit the nail on the head. This is a complicated beast. But money is the head of the beast. It's Largely about money. You know, research and surveys reveal that when you ask women why they're delaying childbirth, the leading reason is money. They don't have enough of it, or they're waiting until they make a higher salary. And many millennials, many young women clearly face this terrible choice between financial security and having children. I believe that this choice is harder for this generation than any other generation. And we talk about it all the time. Women today are very aware of the price mm-hmm. of having children. We tell them the price of having children. Um, you know, we, t- we talk about the wage gap. We talk about the motherhood penalty. In this environment where we are <laughs> told to be so many things and told there are so many pressures against us that we need to swim upstream and that we need to mm-hmm. battle, we're legitimately stressed. Young women are legitimately stressed about money and about this choice between delaying having, you know, growing a family and trying to be stable financially.
0: Okay. Obviously we know kids are expensive. What are some of the biggest costs when it comes to them and not just for babies, but over the years, the biggest
5: cost is childcare. So I don't think that enough people realize that depending where you are in major cities licensed daycare if you have uh, aspirations to return to work you know it can cost up to $2000 a month that's a massive massive amount of money for a family to try to grapple with if they have not done any kind of research if they're not expecting it that's something that i think that more parents more would be parents aspiring parents should look into as they are in planning phase, just to get an idea. So it's just not so much of a shock.
0: One bit of good news is that there's relief in sight with the rollout of $10 a day daycare across Canada. Now, Melissa, can you think of any other maybe surprising issues parents are grappling with?
5: What surprised me was the mom shame. Mom shame is real. (laughs) It's not because it's done maliciously or on purpose, but this generation reportedly spends more time and money on kids. I think they call it intensive parenting. Roma, you know where you're just all in and you're just involved with everything and you want them to have everything and you know the mom down the street has put the kids in all sorts of programs and and uh, this is $300 and you want to put them also in drumming and it's $50 an hour for a lesson. I mean, I didn't have those things when I was a kid. My parents said go outside, play. Here's a book, which is probably why I became a writer, but this generation um and especially with social media you see what everyone else is doing and you feel bad you feel like you're not doing enough you feel like you're doing your kids a disservice if you're not giving them what your peers are giving them
4: i
0: read and hear about this from time to time uh it's it's out there this narrative you know, people citing money as the major reason that they've decided not to have kids. They're simply too stretched. They're in too precarious of a financial situation to give them the childhood they want, to your point. Is that happening out there? Are people
5: saying, you know what, I just can't afford to have kids? You know, women are far more educated. We were in past generations and we graduated with a ton of debt and we're pressured to pay it back, to push the boundaries of our career. You know, when you look at the labor force, there are more women in professional jobs. And all of my best friends, we were reading, lean in, we were told to smash that glass ceiling. And so we feel that burden and that conversation around, okay, do we want to have a family? Do we want to have kids? Well, we have to wait. We have to wait because we have to work. We have to build ourselves up to a point where we have so-called enough or where we are established and our, our society glorifies work culture. Um, every meme on Instagram is about the hustle. And in my twenties and in my 30s, it was all about the hustle, working to the bone. And as the daughter of immigrants, myself and my sister, who was eight years younger than me, we followed the same path. We put off having children until we were after 35. There are a few policies that help us balance work and family. We knew that, we saw that, and we thought, well, we should do this first. This is how we take care of ourselves first. And now as a mom who was fortunate enough to have children when she wanted to have children, because I also have friends who did wait to be on 35 and then struggled and then had to spend money, their savings on infertility or uh, on fertility treatments. Now I do have that conversation with my friends saying, Well, okay, I have two, but I don't know if I could afford to keep this lifestyle if I had three. And I have friends who say, Well, we have one and We
0: don't think we can afford another. You know, which brings me to an interesting question. You know, when older generations, let's say boomers hear this, they would say, Well, it's always been expensive to have kids. I mean, what's changed from then till now?
5: I don't think it's been this expensive to have kids. (laughs) I I think it's completely different. You have more women in the workforce, and that's a cost. That is a cost in time. That means you have one parent who is not at home, who is not expected to be at home, which saves you, which has saved people on on childcare, the expectations of what your kids were supposed to do in terms of how their time was spent. Universities, post-secondary education was not this expensive. You did not graduate with this amount of debt uh, so that you needed to spend more time paying that back before starting a family
0: okay we can't talk about kids without talking about the cost of housing and that's a huge difference between older generations and younger ones absolutely today's unaffordable housing market uh, it's obviously playing a factor you know, do you think that, you know, younger generations are hanging on to notions like, you know, you can't raise kids in a condo or you need to own a home before you start a family? How big of an impediment is that to their idea that,
5: you know, I'm ready and able now financially to have a kid? That is so huge. I, when I talk to family members, when I talk to friends who are starting out in their career, who are younger, they have this massive checklist of what they think they need to achieve to become quote-unquote adult. I am adulting. I have these things. But the truth is those things, that checklist in this generation, at this point in time, is infinitely harder to achieve. You know, you want to buy your first home in Toronto? That is a huge undertaking as a single person coming out of school with debt, starting a career. You know, you had different aspirations for your job. You thought you'd get out and have, you know, this kind of career path. And that is also different than the past. You know, now you find that you're, you're uh, really relying on the gig economy. So you're just starting to sew together all these little pieces, but you don't have any benefits until you have this large amount of money that's there. There's that as well. There's just a lot more work has to go into that checklist. And I can imagine that people think, well, before I have a family, before I bring a child into this home that I'm creating for them, I want these things to be checked off.
0: You've touched on this a number of times. Um, Having a kid isn't just about paying for that child, there is a cost to your career. Um, How much of a consideration is that for people trying to decide whether to become parents?
5: I was keenly aware of the hit my career might take and the idea that if I took time away to be with my kids that my salary would be affected because the month before I left I think I had written an article in the financial post about the uh, motherhood penalty and so I had I was interviewing all of these women lawyers who told me that when they came back they were told that they uh, were being passed over for opportunities, for projects. They couldn't travel as much, so their other colleagues got promoted. And I felt all that. I felt fear around that, legitimate fear. You know, I had written this this stat, and I kept looking at it <laughs> when I was pregnant. It was that according to stats can, mothers who took more than three years off earned 30% less than childless women at age 40 and there is research that shows if you take that break later in life that salary discre- d- discrepancy is um, not as pronounced so i i just had that hanging over my head and you know i wanted to be thinking about little cute chubby feet but meanwhile i was thinking about how much this was affecting my income aspirations that's something that we all talk about and i think that that fear is legitimate and it is real um, I want to see more companies, more HR professionals, more managers being proactive about seeking tools and resources. I'm trying to understand how to manage this transition for moms and for parents in general so that we can deal with some of these biases that we could deal with this issue in society. I want more men and women talking about this in the workplace.
0: You touched a little bit on this, which is the steps we need to take to help. Is
5: there anything that governments or companies should be doing to help make parenting more affordable? Universal daycare, more flexible family leave policies. You know, when other countries have implemented paid leave, you know, fertility rates among childbearing women have risen, and meaningful conversation about it. You know, there was all this who there was all this celebration around. Yay, you get eighteen months now. Uh, versus 12 months, but this, you don't get more money. <laughs> you get the same amount of money, but just squeezed out over more time. How how does that help me exactly? And that doesn't necessarily help perception. Doesn't uh, uh, the perception of working moms in general? It doesn't help the the fact that uh, working environments are less supportive. It doesn't it, it help the hiring bias. <laughs> and so, you know, strides that we thought that I think we were making prior to the pandemic, it's just I just worry that it um, didn't go in the right direction. And I feel frustrated. (laughs) I feel frustrated.
0: Well, I share that frustration. And I suspect that that is some of what these uh, would-be parents are feeling. And how about at this point, you take out your crystal ball, fast forward 10 years, how do you expect Gen Z will view parenthood? Do you see any major differences in the way that they will approach this question?
5: I want to be hopeful and say that there will be strides in maiden society that will make it more, that it'll feel safer to want to make um, these decisions, that you can follow your heart as opposed to listening to the worry in your head and the voices that tell you that you need to chase your career and be all that you need to be, and I hope That we will be more supportive of women and each other when it comes to all the choices that we want to make, including starting a family. But I don't know. I don't know because it took decades to get things that I thought were basic, (laughs) basic needs um, for women to, to be able to afford having a life. And there are still a lot of women who struggle. Melissa, for our listeners that are maybe wrestling
0: with this decision of whether to have kids, what kind of guidance do you have for them?
5: I think people say to us, you can have it all, but not at the same time. <laughs> there is a time frame, right? I think that pressure makes people feel terrible. But all you can do is in the moment, make your small, your big, <laughs> your short term, and then your long term goals, and try to chip away at what you can control in this moment. You can't control inflation or the ri- your rising interest rates um, that make perhaps your dream home uh, unaffordable at this moment. But life is about the moments, the small moments too. And so taking uh, taking those things to take care of yourself, things will happen. It will happen. Just try not to get overwhelmed and. We get overwhelmed when we look at the big picture and think, oh, man, look at all the things we need to do and how far behind I am. And look at all the pressures, flipping wage gap and this and that. And in the micro, just in the moment of what you can do in the moment for yourself, small things when it comes to finances, just automating a small amount of money for the future, for an emergency, for some sort of planned spending, flexing that muscle. It's a small thing, but in the mm. small things, they can have huge ripple effects for your future.
0: You know, the the sappy mom part of me wants to say that what kids really need is love and support. Maybe not all the lessons and not the latest technology, but, you know, to feel that they're loved and you're there for them.
5: I tell myself that every single moment my kid yells about a new toy he wants (laughs) just I want the new paw patrol bits or that and I say no you want my love (laughs) you want my time let's just hang out well Melissa you wait a number of
0: years and they'll be shopping for sneakers online that's uh that's what I've got happening
5: they do not get my credit card I am going to clear my cash
1: big thanks to Melissa for joining us. There are lots of reasons to delay having kids or not have them at all. But if money is the primary thing holding you back, Roma has three takeaways for you.
0: One, approach having a kid with the same due diligence you would when buying a home. Map out the big weekly and monthly expenses and make sure you can afford both childcare and rent or mortgage payments. Two, aspiring moms, there's no perfect time to have a baby. So if you know you want to have one and you're financially stable, just do it. Three, there's a lot of pressure to spend money securing all kinds of things for your kids, from sports and camps to holidays and birthday parties, but ultimately, it's up to you to decide what you can and can't afford. Chances are, your kid will turn out just fine.
1: Thank you for listening to Stress Test. This show was produced by Kyle Fulton, Emily Jackson, and Zara Kazema. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. Thanks to Lamis, Maria, and Melissa for joining us.
0: You can find stress tests wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like this episode, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Our stress test team would like to give a special shout out to baby Naomi, the new daughter of our producer, Emily. Congrats to the whole family.
1: Next up on Stress Test, our last episode of the year. We started this season talking with renters in this volatile real estate market. We'll finish it by speaking with recent buyers ones that regret their variable rate mortgages and others that got a deal when prices dipped.
0: Until then, find us at theglobeandmail.com. Thanks for listening.